This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. This is James Manning. I'm in at Channel 7 today. With me is Dan Barrett, and we're going to be talking Zumbo's Just Desserts, a new show coming up on 7. Um, Adriana Zumbo, welcome to Media Week. And um, a co-host, a guest host, uh, Gigi. Hi. <laughs> I would be uh, Zumbo's assistant. Zumbo's assistant. Yeah. Okay, okay. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. So, um, so yeah, welcome. Um Adriano, um, TV, you, you don't do a lot of TV or you don't seem to have done much for a while. Yeah. How do you find the experience normally and, and what tempted you to get back into this one? Yeah, look, uh, yeah, I haven't done, yeah, you're right, I haven't done TV for a while, but uh, it's been an amazing experience. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It was uh, great to be uh, you know, the host and um, being able to drive something that I have a great, great passion for and, uh, and being able to work with people with a great passion as well. Um, you know, and it's, I think it was a lot of fun, and um, I was, I've always been keen to get back into TV uh, and just obviously waiting for the, the right moment. And then once um, I got the call up for this, I was, I was really interested. I was really excited. What was it about the show that particularly caught your interest? I think it's because it's about something that I love to do and it's create film creation and obviously with the 12 amateur uh, dessert makers it's always great to be a mentor and bring people up and watch them grow and I love that uh, and also I get to do a little bit of creating myself so uh, which is which is a lot of fun as well um, you know and obviously just to get that out there any, any chance we've always kind of been the backlight of, of savoury cooking shows and it's good to get out there and do a, a, a premiere sort of dessert making show that you know really spotlights the pastry and dessert making industry I find it hard to believe TV producers wouldn't have been banging down your door over the years, but, but when you say, is it partly because you specialise, you think, in, in desserts that they, you know, do they, has that not been the case? You haven't had lots of offers recently? Or? Yeah, look, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I don't know why people have been banging down <laughs> because my we doors. Think, but <laughs> we think back to that, I think, the first season of MasterChef yeah. and the crack and bush, was it? That yeah, it was just, yeah. you know, that was the highlight of the series. And you, you would have thought you would have been a real hot property after that. For, yeah. And given the way food programs have blossomed. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. You know, back then, I was, it was definitely a, a popular moment and, uh, you know... Uh, a, a great lifting point of the career but um yeah i never i never um, got any uh tv uh any like you know i never got yeah. signed up or i never got anything from that around that that at that time you know right. it was um uh, it was quite different i just kind of moved on and pushed on with the business you know it was kind of like i was just a guest dude who came in for one day yeah did my job and got out yeah um and then you know i do a few a season and uh that was it you know you kind of didn't have much say or anything and now to be i mean be a part of uh, seven and the desserts, the just desserts team. I mean, it's amazing because you know you get to work on something that you know you have a bit of a say in and, and something that you you have a push and a and a vision and uh, you know getting to share it with special people. So you know, and working with great people as well, like Gigi and Rachel. You know, it's uh, it's an amazing little uh, team. So, what sort of level of input do you actually have into the program? So, obviously, all the desserts are things that you're crafting, but the actual format and that kind of thing. Do you get much of a play there? Look, the format was already kind of like done, but I've obviously, you know, they, you know, obviously talking back and forth about what I think of of this and what I think of that and how it should run. And obviously, on the floor when you're on the when you're on set, things happen, and we say, I say, oh no, 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 that shouldn't happen. We don't do it that way. Blah blah blah. So it's a lot of you know trying to work together with the producers to get you know the the realist you know result you know about with the desserts that they can so it's all obviously first series you know it's all kind of uh, new for us all you know and we're just kind of trying to make the best show we could and um you know and it was good fun you know it was always good to be able to throw your two cents in and get it heard and you know whether it changed or not 
you know it's great but because uh, we're the more probably more ones with professional in desserts you know that we'd say things that we believed in and then obviously the producers are the ones that are professionally making great TV so you know together I think we've made a great show yeah. uh, what goes into the dessert selection so obviously you've got some extravagant looking desserts on there but do you play things out and sort of make something that's maybe a bit more technically difficult to make that doesn't look quite as visually impressive like how do you find that balance uh, oh look I just kind of get uh, I just kind of have an imagination and get a get this picture in my head and just make it happen you know it's um there are some yeah there's definitely some technical stuff that you will see on this show um, you know there's quite some some cool desserts uh, you know as yeah, the, the blow. Some of them I think will be yeah, quite blow you away a little bit. You know, so I, <laughs> pushing. Push, you know, we pushed pretty hard, um, and I think we come up with some really cool stuff, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Like, I, yeah, I still think back now and think about some of the things, and it was so much fun and creating great flavors and things that you know came off. And it's also, it's, I think you get a bit of both worlds. You know, you get that first part where you got the amateur cooks creating their own stuff, you know, from their own heart, and they, you know, obviously got the the they got the piece of what they have to do to their brief and then you know then you get the back end of it where it's a it's a bit more technical and uh you know they get put up to a bit of a challenge tell us about working with rachel Koo. she obviously had the connection with seven i think she did some work on uh, my kitchen rules this season um did tell us did you know her beforehand uh, it, was, look, it was great working with Rachel Koo. I didn't know her beforehand. Uh, it was the first time I'd met her. I uh, had obviously seen her shows um, on TV uh, from the BBC. And, um, look, I think she's great. You know, she's fun. Um, you know, uh, she loves food. She has a great passion for food. She has a good knowledge for pastry. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, like, I like her accent. You know, like, uh, it was cute. Like Gigi's, you know, I had two great accents either side of me. I mean, it was pretty amazing, like, you know. I love that sort of stuff. I love accents, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's uh, it's really good and uh, I think it gives the show a different depth of character as well. Um, so Yeah, you mentioned she's good on pastries. Is that her strength then when it comes to desserts, do you think? Is that... Well, I think like I think through. I think or through, doesn't everyone need to be good at pastries? Do, <laughs> well, her background training is is pastry. I think uh, okay. from Le Cordon Bleu in Paris, and uh, you know, but um, her current sort of push is more savoury. You know, mm-hmm. Her shows on thing are more more savoury driven and more. Sure. So she's quite a quite rounded uh, in that sort of way. You know, she can do a lot of different things, and um, but she does a great knowledge of pastry. Yeah, I think uh, it, I think it, after talking to her and hear her talk about pastry, I think she's definitely one of her fortes. Yeah. And uh, Gigi, how did you get involved in this project? How, how did they find you? Well, I guess Zumba put my name um, to the production team and they just contacted me. I was overseas on a holiday um, and it was exciting, you know. At the beginning, they didn't mention it was going to be Zumba's um, show, but mm-hmm. we did a few trials and they explained to me a little bit better. They explained to me the role I was going to play and I was excited about that. Um, it was very similar to everything I've been doing in the pastry kitchen. I had to, you know, kind of like guide the 12 contestants and trying to show them the right way to do things, just question them if they were sure about something. So I was comfortable with the role. And yeah, so after three trials, I guess they like my personality and my energy. <laughs> I went through. <laughs> Well, it makes for a really good contrast because Zumba is a much more uh, sort of laid back, sort of laconic vibe, and you're very high energy. So I was there almost that one morning, and like you really took control of the room, and it was uh, yeah, completely different experience to Adriana over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, good. it's good balance, I think. It uh, you was. Know, she's a uh, she's very gets in there and drives it up, and which is good, you know. And I think and uh, 
it's good to it's good to be a part of that. Yeah, I guess Zumbo, Rachel and I, we complement each other in personalities. Um, that was really important as well to work together with different people, with different energy, but together we work fine. So I guess that was perfect. Yeah. Ever clash at all? Is there, you know, yeah. some bad blood sort of under the dessert tray? <laughs> no, no. He was sweet and calm yeah. and cruise. It was perfect, <laughs> hey? Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. We always had each other's back if we needed Yeah. You know, it was always... Yeah, it was a good combo. Should mm. you tell us what do you do when you're not being a TV star? <laughs> <laughs> so I always be, <laughs> I always been a pastry chef. You know, I've been working in the industry as a full time pastry chef in different fine dinings. And um, last four years, I was in a hotel, five star mm. hotel. So now after filming, I'm just trying to do my own projects, trying to do my own business. I love cake decoration. So you know, just studying the possibilities, um, getting different offers as well. Um, yeah, at, at the moment, I'm taking my time and just studying what's going to be better for me after be a TV star. <laughs> uh, Adriano, do you, does this make you a seven personality now? Will we start to see you elsewhere maybe? I mean, maybe next year's My Kitchen Rules or, or something like that. Could you sort of crop up there, do you think? I've got home and away, no? <laughs> I'll take over Al Steiner, whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called anymore. Um, look, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, it's guess that's something to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, at the moment, no, just just Zumbo's just dessert um, show. Um, and, yeah, uh, at the, so, yeah, I've got, no, uh, I've got no news there. <laughs> <laughs> now, when James and I were driving over here, we had a very long, in-depth conversation about the Zumbo salted caramel Tim Tams that were out and about. Why can't we find them anymore? What's going on here? So, the, they're still, like, the Zumbo salted caramel Tims, they're still out there, but they're just okay. not branded Zumbo anymore. Obviously, my, oh, con- really? yeah, my oh, contract okay. came up. Um, and they obviously didn't push forward with it, and um, so now they've kept the coconut and the caramel, but just just branded Tim Tams. Oh, okay. So they're still the same biscuit. They don't taste as good anymore. How many how many different flavors were there originally when you did the Tim Tam deal? So it was uh, four flavors originally, uh-huh. uh, and then we did it the second year, which was another three fl- three new flavors. Right, so all up, I think there's seven flavors. There was uh-huh. over time. Um, it was good fun, you know. It was, uh, it was great to be part of it with an iconic Australian biscuit. Um, you know, pretty pretty special feeling. Uh, no one else has kind of done that before, so it was um, it was good. And, and I enjoy kind of creating, you know, on a bit more of a mainstream level. It's cool because you know the, the majority of people out there, I think that's their sort of target market. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, you know it's really fun to be a part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Have you licensed your, your sort of name and your brand out much to other people over the years? Not a lot. You know, I've never licensed one out much. I've got a couple of things. Obviously, I've got my own bake at home kits, mm-hmm. uh, which are in um, Woolies and Coles and that, and and then just to the Tim Tams. Uh, I haven't really done much more than that. Yeah. So, yeah. With a strong brand affiliation to things that you can find in supermarkets, is there ever a temptation to incorporate that into like the program at all? So having a Maybe Tim's right. hammer adorning the top of you know some sort of amazing cake or something? Oh, look, I definitely. I think it's, it's not a, it's not off the cards. You could definitely do that, um, mm. and I don't see why not. I think they create great desserts. You know, they're a great iconic Aussie biscuit company, and they make great like nostalgic desserts. You know, and I've made many things with. Uh, Ice Vovos, Tim Tams, um, you know, all different types of biscuits like that can make a new creation using them. So, um, yeah, why not? Yeah. 
Seven has a different policy of their various shows where their people win. I mean, they famously gave away a million dollars. Was it last year or the year before for a series? I think if you win Dancing with the Stars, all you get is a trophy. Um, <laughs> what, what, what does the winner of um, Zumbo's Just Desserts get? So the winner of Zumbo's Just Desserts gets a hundred hundred k plus a uh, one of their desserts in my in my stores uh, for for a period of time. So yeah, so it's a it's a decent yeah, it's price. Good. You know, yeah. I think it's a good prize, and it was something to work work hard towards for them. And uh, you know, um, obviously puts the pressure on them to try and achieve more in throughout the series. So. Yeah. So yeah. is it branded around that person then in the stores? Like, how does it live on sort of within a store? What's that, sorry? Wait, how does it live on within the store? Like, does it sort of say if it was... Yeah, if, if, if I won, if for Jack example, wins, yeah, it'd be named after you. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, so if you won, it'd be named yeah. after you, it'd be in our stores, and we'll, we'll promote it, um, that it's the one of your... It would be one of your yeah. cakes out of the series. If my cake sold amazingly well, would it become a fixture in the store for years to come, or is that a conversation <laughs> for later? That's probably a conversation for later, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but usually with all our cakes, we kind of rotate them every three months. So, yeah, think, even things that we sell popularly, we don't really carry them on. We, we rotate them. They'll come back eventually. Mm. But uh, we, we like to keep the rotation just to give the customer something different. And they kind of look for that now. Is they're always looking for something new. And tell us, with some of the um, creations we're going to see in this series, will, will any of them crop up at retail in your shops during the, during the, the episode? Yeah, look, we're hoping to be able to... To do some of the creations that we create in the in the series and put them through our our stores, obviously it's going to be um, obviously you know tough sort of thing because mm-hmm. you know some of them are quite technical and yeah. uh, it'll probably be for only a short amount of time. Um, but we'll, we'll try our best to do them all. I don't think we'll be able to do them all. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully you know we get people rolling up to come and grab them. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your retail. Is it six or seven stores you've got these days? Yeah, so we have uh, eight stores at the eight moment. Stores, yeah, okay. um, uh, creating things from macarons to pastries to cakes, um, and more sort of retail, you know, grab and go sort of places. Um, we have a high tea room and cafe in Melbourne as well, mm-hmm. um, which is next to our other our other South Yarra store. Um, and yeah, it's pretty much it. You know, we'd obviously like to change the menu, keep creating. I uh, got a great team, you know. Also, share a great passion and uh, very hardworking. So it's it's a lot of fun, you know, to be able to work with all those people and obviously tackle new challenges and and um, get out there a little bit more. Have, have, uh, is it because it's pretty tough in retail, isn't it? I mean, it's a big deal when you go and open a new store, big investment. Um, but unless I've missed it, what's wrong with Sydney's eastern suburbs? Bit of <laughs> self, bit of self interest here. You, you don't seem to have ventured over there much. Oh, look, you know. I, yeah, definitely a big, big risk always Rent's opening too new high store. Or what's doing? But uh, you know, like we definitely want to go to the eastern suburbs. Yeah, um, okay. and it's on our cards. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely, it's uh, in our, in Sydney. It'll be our next store. All right, it would be the eastern suburbs. We we don't have a presence. Uh, we don't have a presence at the moment. So no. in the new year, we'll probably be looking for an eastern suburbs location. Um, and just you know, just got to find the right spot. That's all. Yeah, you know, I guess it's uh, always hard to find the right spot. Uh, there's not a lot of big centery places in eastern suburbs. It's kind of more more suburby mm. and they have their own mm. hubs and so you've got to find that right one where obviously you're getting the right people who you know can easily pull up or come to your store and find parking and good foot traffic so you know all those things are going to be key and um, yeah we just keep looking until we find that right one Do you think um, when this series goes to air there'll be a sort of increase in foot traffic do you notice that when you're on TV that there might be a bit of a bump people go oh yeah I haven't been there for a while I'm, I might go and check it out yeah, I think definitely like uh, foot traffic increases uh, slightly. 
Uh, and it depends on the product. You know, if there's something they can grab from the store that they relate to on the show, they will come more because they'll want a piece of it to try it. Um, and it's just whether you can recreate some of those things that you actually create on the show in the store and keep up with the demand. You know, it's always the biggest challenge. Mm. So you think it definitely is the food itself, not necessarily the Zumbo connection to it? Well, I think it's a bit of both, but definitely the, the whole thing for people to try what the brand Zumbo creates is the whole intrigue from people I think it's the driving force that you know I remember when macarons or we did macarons people were just queuing up to buy macarons <laughs> you know when we did V8 everyone wanted a V8 cake you know and, um, yeah it does great things for the brand but also it's great things for that, that product you know what I mean it's, it's, uh, I think it's more driven by the product people just want a piece of it want to Instagram it or you know they want to be known to have tried it and uh, be able to share that experience with everybody else so yeah and it's a weird thing of yourself as a brand now yeah yeah no it does it's it's different Um, I kind of don't think about it really you know it's (laughs) kind of just become part Uh, it just happened kind of uh, it just over the years obviously I started off naming it after myself and um, and now it's kind of grown to be this brand Um, yeah it just becomes a normality um, I kind of don't think I just think it's Zumbo uh, but it's, it is a bit weird when you think about it sit back and think about it yeah uh, most important question I can see on your arm there you've got a tattoo of Willy Wonka yeah uh, now that doesn't quite look like Gene um, what did you think of the recent remake like oh. what's your feelings on that oh, my, my, my heart's always with Gene Wilder yeah. uh, <laughs> and, the, and the original one look the new one's not terrible uh, but like I prefer the original uh, it's yeah. a little bit more um, uh, happy and, and uh, a little bit more aspiring and inspiring and the newer one's a little bit darker um, you know obviously the original one has a few little dark sort of parts to it Gene Wilder did murder a lot of children in that film yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean it's like there's definitely d- dark parts of it but overall there's a lot of uh, you know imagination um, creation and a lot of things like that they created for that film um, and I know that's an, it's just imaginary but they've never been created in real life really yeah. you know there's still people haven't got chewing gum that tastes like three meals in one you know you know know, things like that so it's i think uh or you know like soda that makes you float and all this you know like no one's done that so like it's still it keeps that imagination alive in people who you know work in a creative field i know it does for me and it's always just like this thing where you can always imagine the unexpected and, and and always strive for it you may never get there but it's always a good thing to have yeah, now the actual set itself for Zombo's Just Desserts looks and feels a lot like a Willy Wonka factory. Is this something that came out of a conversation of your love for Willy Wonka, or is just the obvious go-to for a dessert? Yeah, I think it's the obvious go-to for a yeah. dessert, and I think it's obviously, yeah, with Willy Wonka attached, and the things that we create are all colourful and, and fun and bright, uh, and I think dessert and, and sweets in itself relate to that. Um, I think, and that's where the sort of the combination come from that. And it's got a little bit of a, a French tweak in it, you know, with uh, the benches are sort of that, that white French, um, I don't know what you call it, that style, you know. So it's a good mix, yeah. uh, you know, with the with that bright colours, the factory with the big, obviously the the big things and the and the and the those those style benches. I think it gives a great mix where it's not too much colour, too much in your face, but it still gives you that interpretation of colour with a bit more balanced attitude. Yeah, I mean, I thought the set definitely need more oompa loompas, but that's just, that's <laughs> nice. um, what did you actually think when you first saw the set in real life? Because it's such a grand, impressive looking set. Like yeah. when people see this, they'll be blown away. <clears throat> 
Yeah, look, I, I was blown away. You know, mm-hmm. when I first saw the pictures, uh, yeah, it amazed me, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad to be a part of this. You know, because mm-hmm. you know, you know, obviously before you see the first sketches, you always wor- worry about what they're going to make it look like, or you know, am I going to be part of like his technicolored neon thing, <laughs> or you know, or is it going to be a really basic set? But the, I think the, the mix that they've got, the balance, um, they're really going to, you know, they've really hit the spot with that sweet and dessert world, um, and, and obviously keeping it at a, at a level where still about the contestants and the desserts they're creating and the, the set doesn't actually get too um, overpowering but it's still there and really yeah. noticeable I think it's a really good balance so I was really happy once I saw it and then to walk on it the first day I walked on it it was uh, amazing a special dream. yeah it's a dream yeah. and even to see your name above the door <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool and, and have that those big but yeah it's amazing lollies you can say yeah. you're eating a lollies all day long <laughs> I, I don't say this to a lot of guests, but I'd like to talk to you about chocolate because um, a lot of your more well-known creations aren't really chocolatey or chocolate-based, but then you talk to people in the food industry, I know, especially in magazines, books, and they say, oh, we've got to have lots of chocolate stuff at sales. What's your relationship with it and how do you use it? Yeah, look, I love chocolate. You know, We yeah. make a lot of chocolate products, uh, whether it be like, you know, packaged chocolates or chocolate cake or um, at the moment we don't have a lot of chocolate cake on but yeah it sells well and um, I love chocolate I mm. eat like five handfuls of chocolate a day <laughs> you know it's kind of like part of my diet right yeah okay. I, love, I think chocolate's a good party diet yeah um, is it harder to make it uh, more exciting for TV chocolate because it or, no, I, I think it's very exciting I think obviously if you leave it by itself the, the, mm. the basic colour of chocolate is quite flat and it's yep. brown it's, but there's so many things you can do with it you know you can make desserts macarons cakes ice cream sculptures mm-hmm. um, it's endless what you can do with it and it's about balancing colour and flavour and textures with it to make it pop you know what I mean and yep. chocolate is not always going to be the prominent thing but it's always there um, as a as kind of one of the, the dominant dominant sort of Flavors, but not always the visual. And I think it's uh, it's quite a special product. I think it's probably for me the most versatile product we have in our industry. Right. Okay. I, I remember I watched the there was the SBS series just called Zumbo, I think, which is yep. which is sort of was great taking behind the scenes, seeing how your operations worked and all that. Am I right in thinking you 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 invest a fair bit in sort of um, I don't know you call it not experimenting, but um, working up uh, recipes and stuff like that? Do do you still do that? Yeah, yeah, I still love that. You know, I think it's quite important to do uh, research and development and work on new things and, and, and sort of uh, <laughs> coming up with new creations. I think okay. it's, it's, it's important for any person as a chef or any, any business. Uh, and I think uh, people are always looking for something new and also yourself and people who work for you always want something new to be excited about and create. And you've got to keep pushing yourself to evolve. And I think that's what great businesses and people do. They evolve and they keep changing. They never get happy with what they, you know, I make this chocolate cake and I've been making it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. you obviously got to evolve that, you know what I mean? Even whether it's still a chocolate cake, but you've got to always try and make it better and better and better. And, um, or, you know, have things around it that constantly keep changing. Uh, I think you, know, you need to keep that to keep everybody happy in the, in the world, especially in the food industry. It's moving at 100 miles an hour mm. uh, over the last 10 years from where it was to where it is now. It's been a rapid growth, like mm. super rapid growth. Um, and even being in it as a chef, and uh, sometimes you just can't keep up yourself with what's mm. coming out that's new and techniques and uh, you know crazes. So it's um, you know I think it's it's always it's always very important to keep creating. Now, speaking of crazes, and maybe this is the part of the podcast where we got controversial. So, you know, strap yourself in. What are your general thoughts on extreme milkshakes? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> 
Oh, look, for me, extreme milkshakes, I'm not a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the original one that came out was with just a milkshake with a donut on top, the original, I think, Donatella or whatever it was called, and mm. I thought that was quite classy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was quite simple. It was just kind of like a Nutella chocolate milkshake with a donut on top. Nice, you know, eat the donut milkshake. But now the new ones, the freaky sort of shakes, mm. probably not my alley. I think they're a little bit over the top kind of, you know, you just chuck anything on it. <laughs> fill it half full of cream you know the <laughs> no. shakes underneath stick brownie pretzels and whatnot on it and don't get me wrong those combos in some desserts can be quite elegantly made and really delicious but for me it's just it's huge it's such a you know I think knocks you for six you know what I mean that's um yeah I don't know it's too intense for me and I just think it's and I don't find it very some of them are not very pretty to look at. Yeah. <laughs> well, leading on from that, it makes me think, because Dan's a bit of a donut connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, there's a, and just in general, uh, places that specialise in desserts, whether they be donuts or other stuff, there's a lot more of them around now than, than when you first opened up your retail businesses, I guess. So does that competition keep you on your toes a bit? Because there's, there's, there's a fair bit out there, isn't there? Yeah, look, the, definitely, you know, the, the, the spike in uh, dessert and sweet offerings around Australia and around the world is definitely keeps you on your toes you know it's um it doesn't matter whether it's a donut or a a pancake or a, you know a croissant it's whether it's not the same as what you make it's still competition because it's an offering that takes away a sweet fix and you know i think anything in that it's always going to be you got to try and you know stay with it stay against it and keep that's why creation is very important because you need to stay with those people who are creating new donuts or new you know and um Look, donuts are a great thing. I love donuts myself, and uh, you know they're tasty as. So uh, <laughs> I, I found my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it definitely uh, keep keeps you on your toes. Yeah. yeah, but exciting, you know, good challenge. You mm. know, it's always a good challenge because you're always looking for the, you know, that next path, that next. What can we do? And uh, yeah. What was your single biggest success? Was it the macarons that that really sort of helped build your your band brand and your business? Do you think? Yeah, I think the single the single biggest success has probably been macarons. You know, it's um, it definitely helped me find a niche at the time and then then sort of grow on that and you know get a good name for it. Hmm. Um, and it's you know it's still today it's probably our best seller. You know, so, really yeah. still. Because there's so many around now. I was just wondering if... Did you almost help kill the macaron as well, though, by, <laughs> by building too big a demand for it? And there was copycats everywhere. Everywhere. But that's maybe helped you because you probably at that premium end and, and you've still got that niche maybe, have you? Yeah, look, we take a lot of pride in our macarons and what we make and, and really focus on the flavour. Uh, I think there's definitely a lot of people out there making them, mm. but I don't think there's a lot of people out there taking the time to get the flavor right mm-hmm. um and the texture as well you know i think it's quite key how you store your macarons and how long you keep them in the store before you sell them because obviously they get dry they get crunchy and the worst thing is when you go and buy a macaron and it's hard as a rock or the shells are really thick you know and mm-hmm. really sweet and uh, so we really focus on trying you know have that that product that as perfect as it can be uh, at any time yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, as a small to medium business owner, uh, demands on your time are probably quite intense. Uh, how does it actually sort of fit in doing this TV show on top where demand on your time is also intense from that? Yeah, look, it was uh, <clears throat> the demand, have the demand on you for, for the business and the show was, was a great challenge. Uh, uh, you know, we got through it and that was my, my goal was, you know, get through it, do it. You know, it's, 
I love both of them. Mm. You know what I mean? And obviously, the big plan is to have the business sort of run itself with, you know, you know just put a GM on board and yeah. people in the right places, you know, head chefs and research and development. And I'm still a part of it. Uh, and I'll have my time and I come in and I give obviously the scope of where I want it to go in the next six months. And we're going to, one month, we're going to do this collection of cakes. And obviously, other people work on it. But, uh, and then doing the show as well uh, at this time it was a great challenge because I was still not there where I wanted to be with the business to have that bit more freedom so kind of backing up from the show and then going back to work and uh, obviously we're doing the creations for the show you know had uh, my team had like Phil from my team there constantly like there till late at night and I go back and meet him to taste to make sure I was happy with what we created and all this sort of stuff it was it was a good challenge but you know overall it was, it was worth it you know there's not many times in your life where you get an opportunity like this and uh, to have fun and, and uh, work on something really special. Um, you just got to grasp it and take it and, you know, you got to go with it. Whether you get four hours sleep or two hours sleep or, you know, more sleep, it doesn't matter. You just got to, you do it, you know, and you're driven by the adrenaline of it all, um, you know, and, that, and, and chasing that vision. So, yeah, it was good fun. I'll try and keep on topic too with another Channel 7 question. <laughs> uh, since you've been, a, you know, since you've signed with 7 for this project, have they asked you to cook much or to, to prepare to cater at all? Have you, you know, have they rang up and said, look, we've got a board meeting tomorrow. Would you mind bringing in some stuff? And would they expect a discount or even. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I haven't experienced any of that yet. I've been quite lucky, I think. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, um, haven't catered or I haven't. Um, Give them, have to give them a discount or anything so yeah, but okay. uh oh, they're definitely on the discount cards but uh, <laughs> um but yeah nothing as yet okay and i ask this question with the utmost respect but can you cook savory i mean are you do you have good all-round skills or have you just gone so far into your specialization that you, you just don't touch the other no look i love cooking savory i cook savory <laughs> as a relaxation sort of thing when I go home I love to cook savoury because it's no pressure you know and I'm not mm. like I said I'm not known to cook savoury yeah. I'm sweet driven and people obviously see with sweets up here and you know living with that pressure sometimes there's always like this expectation mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's always good to go home still be able to cook because yep. I love cooking yes. and do something where it doesn't there's no no pressure you know it's just cook it cook it because I love to cook play around you know what Tastes good, tastes great. I'm not I'm no restaurant chef, mm. uh, but yeah, you know, I can pull my weight cooking a savoury meal. Okay. Uh, so, okay. what are your go-to meals? <laughs> uh, I cook whatever. I, mean, I love cooking Italian because my mum cooked Italian, so I watch it all the time. Okay. Um, day in, day out, I pretty much eat vegetables and and chicken and uh, chocolate. And chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> vegetables, chicken, and chocolate. Weekend splurge time, I eat pizza and tacos and stuff like that, and ice cream. Um, but during the week, I usually stick to a quite uh, straightforward diet. Um, other than eating what I eat at work, which is a lot of, a lot of cake and, and dessert. So. Okay, okay. Um, you mentioned endorsements before. I wanted to ask you about your nicknames. Yeah. Have you got a favourite? And I think did most of them come from MasterChef, maybe, I'm guessing. When they, oh, the things fair, like yeah. uh, that. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, the Patissiere of Pain. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the Sweet Assassin. I'm not yes, sure where yeah. that came. Was that Master Chef yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure this one. The Dark Lord of the Pastry Kitchen. Same. Yeah. Same? Oh, okay. I don't know. They're all are quite there any others? That... They're quite heavy. Yeah. Sort of complimentary though. It is. Yeah. 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 And I think uh, I like a, I like a lot of them. You know, I like a lot of them. Yeah. I think the one that more. matches. Yeah. Like probably personality wise, I probably suit the Dark Lord. Okay. I'm, I'm a little bit dark sometimes in my mind, and like mm-hmm. you know, I'm quiet, and I can sort of be in the corner and do my own thing and you know not get noticed for a bit you know yeah. and then sort of 
come out a little bit but uh, probably my favourite I like Sweet Assassin you know okay yeah I don't know it's kind of like you know taking people out <laughs> and just sort of to judge your mood if you're in the kitchen by yourself cooking and you're putting on some music what sort of stuff do you listen to I'm very eclectic but um, when I'm cooking I like EDM like, like electronic dance music okay. or I like uh, hip hop uh-huh. they're probably the two they keep a good rhythm good beat I think for creativity, it really gives you uh, that energy and adrenaline. I like when, you know, good beat, you hear some sounds, and it kind of takes, it, it relaxes your mind a bit and takes you on a journey sometimes, mm-hmm. and your mind can sort of uh, connect with it, and, and and sometimes creations and things just start coming in, and, you know, you get on that high energy, and you just start writing stuff down, and you can keep the beat while you're cooking. Um, I quite often put headphones on while I'm cooking, and especially when I'm trying to create uh, you know what I mean? Because I can zone out. Mm. You know, I don't hear what's going on around me. I don't hear people not talking to me. You know, I'm just in that zone. So I really like that. But I'm very eclectic. When I try to relax, I like other types of music, more more like chilled and classical music. Yeah. Have you got, oh, I've, got, I've got a few to fire through here, so bear, <laughs> bear with me. I won't keep you much longer. Um, reviews of your products. Um, I guess you don't attract a lot of formal reviews, do you? Because they maybe save them for restaurants and stuff like that. But yeah. there must be a lot of reviews on social media. I guess things like uh, TripAdvisor, oh, yeah. some of the other. What, do, do you sort of follow much of that stuff, or do you have anybody in the in the company that sort of looks after that, curates it, and, and maybe does respond where necessary? Yeah, definitely. Like I don't read much of it anymore. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I did in the early days, but definitely we got uh, in the office uh, like Mark, our PR marketing guy. He's uh, always reading that sort of stuff okay. and um, and on it and where he needs to respond, he'll respond. Uh-huh. Uh, but sometimes it's just kind of like sometimes yeah. it's, it's just a bit silly. Yeah. We actually did the hoarding to our Emporium store in the Melbourne, and we got all the all the funny bad quotes off TripAdvisor <laughs> and um, what was it called back then Urban Spoon or something was yeah, it? Urban yeah, Spoon, yeah before yeah. it changed names okay um, and we put it up on the hoarding and we printed it in large <laughs> so all around the hoarding like you know he uh, he's full of himself you know um, he should grow some hair <laughs> you know before he learns how to cook and things like that some people write some nasty stuff but yeah, right. I think the best thing is to take the piss out of yourself yeah you've know, you got to believe in what you do um and obviously, you know, and people believe in you. And there's always going to be people who don't like your stuff. You can never go through life without mm. having those people. So, you know, I think the best thing is to embrace it. And, uh, you know, if you can make it into something um, positive, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah. Do you use um, social media as a marketing tool for the business? Do you, yeah. you and across to multiple platforms and stuff like that? Yeah, we definitely, I think, I think social media across uh, food businesses is, is, is powerful, you know, and I think it's quite a... You need it these days, you know. I think to not be on it, it's it's uh, it's kind of like a uh, what's the word? It's kind of like a it kind of not lessens your business, but it's it, it slows you down a little bit, yeah. you know, because everyone's on it, everyone mm. loves it, everyone looks mm. looking at pictures of food, and if you look at stats, food is the most I think posted thing on social media. So um, I think it's a great tool, you know, and I think we we can express what we do through it and be and we can ex- express it to the whole world, even though we don't have a a shop in the whole world but you know, you've got followers from all over the world and they can stay in touch with what you're doing um, and whether they, if they come here for a trip and you know they can look forward to coming to see your place or or what you make and create so you know, I think it's social media is, is great do you have someone who's like a part-time photographer or do you bring in a specialist to, to do stuff for you or a bit of both a bit of a mix you know we do have some people who come in and take photos and then we've got people in house mm-hmm. uh, like Phil in R&D and Matt and Mark and PR they all can take photos my sister can take photos uh, in the office so you know like there's a few people in there who can take really great photos so they kind of just mix it up 
between all of them. So and uh, you know, yeah. get, it, get it done. Okay, cookbooks. Is there any money in them, or is it a good branding thing, or is it a pain? And you go, oh, it sounds like a good idea, but then you've got to actually do it all. Or? Yeah, look, I guess for the time and the and what you give away, there's not a lot of money in it. Yeah. I guess uh, when yeah. you when if you wait up, how long it took you to to write it, and you to pay yourself and. Um, and that I think, and you're seeing now that the book market is so competitive, and like they're just dropping prices. Books have become so cheap now. Yeah. Um, to be competitive against each other, and also the push against digital media, um, people are preferring to have it on on an iPad or on a Kindle or you know, like whatever. So like, um, you know, so the so it's more portable, uh, which I think is a great idea anyway. Like, I think you've been able to have to lug heavy books around, but I still love yeah. to have. Yeah, and hard okay. copy. You know, I love yeah. my collection of books. I still buy hard copy books. Uh, there's nothing better than sitting in a home and just being able to pick up a book and sit on a lounge and, and read it and be able to visualize it right there in front of you. So, yeah, look, it's, I think you still got to write books, uh, but it's probably definitely not as um, out there profitable as it probably was years ago. Okay, uh, Gigi, I don't want to ignore you, so I want you to answer <laughs> a- answer this one too. I'm uh, favorite food program? Have you got TV show you like to make sure you, you see most of the episodes? Uh, look, I'm always trying to watch everything on uh-huh. television. Really, uh, I guess social media is my main source okay. of inspiration, and you know, try to be involved in what's going on in the industry. Try to just learn more and visualize, you know, new techniques and plating and cakes and yeah. etc. Okay, Adriana, what about you? So sorry, TV shows. <laughs> oh yeah, TV yeah. shows. Yeah, look, I, I watch TV shows where I can. You mean yeah. food shows? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, food yeah. shows, yeah. Like I, I, I watch, I watch most of them here yeah. and there where I can uh-huh. when I get time. So I flick across them all. Um, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's good for inspiration. Yeah. Uh, Do many of those people that come off those shows get in touch with you looking for sort of work as, um, you know, what do you call it? Um, Train, training and stuff work like that. Experience. Yeah, yeah, look, work experience. Not a lot of them do. Some you get a, you get a couple here and there, um, and you know, and uh, there's only a few out of those shows that ever push on to be hmm. um, create a, a big create. Yeah, because a lot of them obviously. Well, a lot, a lot of them obviously get into the popularity of the show and then get drawn away for media stuff and then start doing demos here and then and then they can't commit to to working. Uh, a normal job as they originally wanted to but some do some just push that aside and sort of just focus you know I know some people have come out of those shows that have pushed on and they've got a great career in in uh, in, in the chefing industry and mm. um, you know there's, there's there's a very small percentage that do that but mm. yeah uh, the ones that do are the real the true ones so, so good things that come out of them and good people and uh, but yeah I'd probably get you know a couple a year to yeah. ask to come okay. to experience at our place so yeah, yeah. Oh, good I was glad they're not all ignoring you mate <laughs> <laughs> now look uh, two quick things to finish on uh, international competition I read a little thing about you've compete, you have you go and compete in a few things tell us about how's that work I used to yeah years, years ago oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, not now you know you, you need a lot of, you need a yeah, big job yeah you need, oh, is it? Yeah, really? yeah, you need yeah, a lot okay. of time so is that important maybe when you're building your brand and trying to get a bit of a reputation oh, I think when you're like younger and you're you've got more time, time you, yeah, you probably yeah. got no responsibilities mm-hmm. um, you're looking for challenge yeah you got a challenge you, yes. you need to dedicate if you want to be competitive in, a, in the national scene you need to dedicate like a year of training yeah you know and usually obviously you have to have a job to back it up to mm-hmm. pay for you know and then get sponsorship and all that sort of stuff and it's a, it's a big deal it's a big uh, big challenge mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of dedication and um 
yeah, these days you just can't compete. There's just so much going on in your head and right. so many things with shows and businesses. I suppose well, early so on it's good to have that, you know, oh, one this in Paris or whatever. Yeah, well, it opens you up to a new world. You see new new world, you meet new people. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm just kind of like a mentor, you know. There's people in my business who compete, um, you know, that do really well and they're really passionate and they've got great skills. And I just love watching them, yeah. you know, to be able to – I kind of live that life through them. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't actually compete, but I'm there and, you know, I'll support them and go and watch them and mm. whatever where I can. Okay. Um, and, I mean, last year, two years ago, I coached a team. So, like, it's, I do it in different ways, but even coaching is a lot of your time. Like, yeah. I, I learned that I just, that was too much. Yeah. So that's one way of getting an accolade, but is there, things, is there an equivalent of, I don't know, a chef's hat or a Michelin star for, for just dessert specialization you know nah. the golden donut or something <laughs> yeah. I don't know like a, not yet not yet yeah I think yeah. they should be I think, it, I think yeah. it'd be a great thing I like to think about that one I mean I brainstormed yeah. 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 <laughs> I think the industry needs something like that like it's mm. something like um, yeah all the other, all the other just to acknowledge yeah. the work that's mm. been done I guess. in the sweet industry yeah. I think it's such a big industry now especially mm. in Australia and um mm. Yeah, it'd be good, good yeah. for people to strive towards trying to get some sort of accolade yeah. in their business. And, and We've got his Adriano support, Dan, if you want to pursue this. That's great. Look, I'll finish, I'll finish up on this one. Your shoes, I see a couple in the bag down there, yeah. and I've sort of come to this late, but do you have trademark for footwear, and what, what do you always wear? Um, I like always wear different coloured shoes. I, I don't have any trademarks. It's trademark. not the one brand or the one... Um, oh, lately has been all added, like a lot of Adidas, but I, uh-huh. I'm not like... You don't have a deal, you're not a spokesperson? Nothing like that. That. Not yet, anyway. I just love the colours, you know. I've got like uh, multiple colours, you know, like the one there. Yeah. So he's pulling out a bag. Oh, look, we've got orange, we've got green, we've got red, we've got white. Okay. Sometimes they're high tops, low cut. 18, 18 colours. Oh, the high tops are Gigi's. The pink ones are mine. The pink ones are mine. So, yeah, I've got about 18 colours of trainers. Oh, really? Which I just like to. You're not a collector or anything, or you're not that sort of. Those coloured ones I collect. Do you? Yeah, these ones here, these Adidas sort of Pharrell's. Yes. Which. I collect those colours, so um, yeah. but they're very hard to get now because they really? came out like fifty colours, and uh-huh. then they sent different colours to different parts of the world. Okay. Whatever I got, every colour. So you jump on eBay and so I tried to get as many colours as I could. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, for the show he has a whole row of different colours of shoes. Oh, it's wow. over! Wow. Wow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> When did, this, when did this become the Shoe Week podcast? <laughs> How did that happen? Well, I was just, I just, no, but it, it's quite in your, the trailer for the show. It's sort of, it's quite prominent. Your footwear that they seem because maybe because the the colours really jump out. They're they're punchy colours, and you can't help but notice them, you know. But it's that's a good little thing to have. Look, that sort of wraps it up. It's great uh, getting in here, meeting you both. Yeah, um, you. I think we're really looking forward to this series. Dan, you've, you've had a bit of a set visit and you loved it? Yeah, I did. As soon as I hit that set, I just needed to see the show. I yeah. mean, I really needed to eat some desserts at that point, but mm. I've seen the show secondary, so that obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you were always my, my highlight. I'm a big MasterChef fan, and your appearances have always been uh, has been great on there. How long since you've been on MasterChef? It's uh, been a while. Yeah, yeah, three and a half years. Oh. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> What's wrong with those guys? Time, well, hopefully yeah. we'll see you a lot more on 7 these days. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, we'll look forward to it. Thanks a lot. So thank, thank you very you much. Guys. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you.